Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, That's the number to dial to call in, be on the air with me. And of course, we have a dedicated text line that we open up for the time of the show, and that's for text messages only, 720-336-0897. And so let's uh, interact and talk about the things of the Lord together, obeying what the Word says, seeking out His Word where it says that we've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness— through the knowledge of Jesus, and we gain the knowledge of Jesus Christ through his word, as God has revealed it to us and given us the information that he wants in order to draw us into a relationship with him. I'm amazed. I know a lot of you pastors and leaders listen in onto the show, and I'm amazed that I was reviewing our Easter invites yesterday. Like, that's how fat, like, we are almost done with February, and I was handed our church's Easter invites, and uh, I mean, the great news is is that we were way ahead of the game uh, in terms of timing, but man, the time seems to be flying right by us, and we're just about ready to declare to many visitors, many people, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Very exciting time. Uh, we... Uh, are looking forward. We we have seen uh, so much growth that we've had to add another service uh, to spread out, and I think we have five, and then Good Friday six services plus a Seder dinner, so seven things going on uh, on Easter weekend. So it's a long weekend, uh, but it's a glorious one. So just if you haven't thought about it, start praying about your church's Easter services, Resurrection Sunday, whatever they call them. It's a glorious day. A lot of people go to church. And we want to capitalize on that uh, and, and, amen, preach the gospel. 303-690-3000, that's the number, 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions, uh, text me, dedicated text line, 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Oh, let's go right to the phone lines then. Line one is Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Raleigh's on the line. Raleigh, welcome to the program. Hi Ed, how's it going? It's going great. Great. Um, so um, I've been a believer for about uh, twelve years. Um, you were a big part of the uh, story. Uh, so is Gino, um, and so. Uh, I currently go to Cherry Hills, and so the, your your teachings and Gino and sort of what I've 
how I've come to know the Lord, all that stuff's pretty consistent across the board. And recently okay. I've had some close friends introduce me to, um, uh, to some uh, pastors that, that teach that Christ's atonement on the cross was not just for salvation, but it was for physical healing. And, you know, it's a question of, you know, if you're not receiving physical healing, then it, you know, the focus is on your unbelief. And um, I'm sure this is a well-worn path you've been down, but I was wondering what your opinion is on that, you know, unbelief and, and atonement covering physical healing. So I'll give you a short answer and a little longer answer. You ready? Yep. Because you trust, you already trust me, right? I, I do. <laughs> okay, so here, here you go. My, my short answer opinion is that's absolutely nonsense. Okay. And unbiblical, and it makes me angry. And yep. it makes me, it burns me, this doctrine that places sickness and disease and the lack thereof of healing, somehow it's the fault of the person and the fault of faith. It's just an absolute ridiculous, uh, I could go on with a lot of different words, but it's unbiblical. Yeah. It's a very, yeah. I know it's a popular, it's popular with yeah. the health and wealth folks because they make a lot of money off of it, but it's not from the Lord. It's not biblical. Um, and, you know, let's test this for a second. So let's be biblical. Let's test this. First of all, uh, was there healing before the atonement of Christ? Um, you mean did God heal people before the atonement? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I don't. I don't actually know. Absolutely, he did. Uh, we okay. not only that, but he brought people back from the dead before the atonement, before the cross right. of Jesus right. Christ, and so the 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 fact that God is the author, He's always been Jeho- Jehovah Rapha the God who heals. He's always been the God who gives life and takes life. He's always been the God that uh, meets us uh, at where we are by grace, even though we don't deserve it. And I know that in Isaiah chapter 53, it says that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Um, now, you, when you read a scripture like this, it's prophetic, it's speaking of the coming Messiah, we have to yeah. read it in context, context, and the context of this is very easy. It says he's wounded for our transgressions, secondly, it says he's bruised for our iniquities, and so his stripes are healing us of what? Our sin. He came yeah. to die for our sin, and... Yeah. He, it says in verse 6 that he is that, that the Lord has laid iniquity, the iniquity of us all, on him. And so healing yeah. predated the cross, and healing postdated the cross, because God has always been a God who heals. And he heals believers, he heals unbelievers. Uh, right. he, heals sick, he heals sicknesses, he heals pains, he heals diseases, and he doesn't. It's his sovereign will in healing. Uh, it is right. his, his sovereign will of how, and so the idea of us lacking faith, I mean, what about the guy that the, uh, so let's, let's look at another biblical example. What about the guy that his friends carried them, carried him 
down through the roof in front of Jesus. Where was his faith? Nothing is said of his faith. It was his friend's faith. They believed yeah. him. Uh, and and it's a, a careful, it, obviously it's a radio program, but a careful examination of this particular doctrine would show that it is not based in reality. And your friend uh, that introduced this to you um, is led astray by this nonsense. Because I, I can't, I could think of stronger words, but for radio and for family, it's nonsense. Sure, sure. And, and and so my wife and I, we've been really, she's been struggling for quite a while with some undiagnosed health issues. And so, you know, when you, when you're, when you, I guess for all practical purposes, when you're desperate, um, you know, and have been yeah. crying out yes. to God for a long time, you know, it's hard to square some things up. And so when this enters your world, you're like, um, well, you know. I know this sounds silly being a believer, but you're like, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Um, well, I mean, and- that's what they capitalize on. That that That's not really a silly feeling. We wrestle with yeah. human, humanity, and we yeah. wrestle with the, the fact that, man, my precious wife uh, yeah. is hurting all the time. And if yeah. it's any way my fault, then I want to deal, I want to change that. Uh, and that that's not an unusual feeling. Um, but then we have to allow the answer, the, the truthful answer to come and say, no, it's not your fault. Your wife's body, your body, my body is riddled with disease. And whether it's a physical disease or a spiritual disease, we will all die of our last sickness. Right. We will all die except for the generation that is taken up in the rapture of the church before the great tribulation period. If we're that generation, then we won't experience death. But if we're not that generation, then we can expect to die of our last sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How do you, um, you know, I, I rely heavily on Scripture that talks about God's, you know, our ways are not His ways. And, you know, Gino's been really good about, you know, don't trade what you know for what you don't know. And, um, and so when, when the question of God's will comes into this equation with the same doctrine and says, if it's your, well, it's God's will that you're sick, how do you, like, how do you answer that or roll that around in your mind that, God's will is for me to be sick. Well, that's a great question, but that but when we make that statement that we're in the will of God in our sickness, that's a secondary cause. So let's make sure that we realize that we don't blame God for the effects of sin. The primary right. reason why you and I get sick is because of our our world has been broken by sin. Right. And so right. in in that case, God is not responsible for our sickness. However, the, the real dilemma, and it's really a philosophical dilemma more than anything, is, well, then why won't God just supersede the, the penalty of sin uh, and bring about healing for everybody? And my answer to that is he will, and he, do, he does, and he will. It's just not our timing. And he's going to get—he's more interested right. in the eternal. We're more interested in the temporary. Right. Yeah. And, 
And so when you have a friend that goes, well, well, it's not God's will for you to be sick. Well, what do you mean it's not God's will for me to be sick? He's obviously allowing it. Uh, and he, he obviously allowed it in Job's life. Uh, right. He obviously, that, that, so when you look at it from a practical perspective, we just have to make sure that that is a statement that says, in a secondary way, God has chosen to allow the, the cosmos, the, the world, to be operating in this well in this realm, but he's not responsible for the consequences yeah. of sin. We are, and we were, right. you know, we were born into sin and we sin by choice, um, purposely and by accident. And we need to understand that our lives are limited and, and the sovereignty of God has allowed some people to be healthier and some people to be unhealthy. But the reality yeah. is, is that by faith, the atonement provides eternal healing for us, where we receive right. new bodies, uh, and everything is restored for eternity. Yeah, and that this all makes sense to me. And um, as I mentioned, you've been a big part of my spiritual growth, and so um, along with others. But it, you know, it was time for a phone call. <laughs> yes, so, well, that's a good question um, because you don't want to, you, you're you guys are struggling enough where the pain of your wife that now you're taking on an added burden of guilt that a man put on you or a friend or some teacher, um, you know, and I, I'm, it's always, it's, it's very interesting with these faith healers and these faith teachers and these men and women that are involved in the, they get sick, they die. Um, right. It's amazing if, if, if healing, Okay, so let me follow. And this is kind of a joke yeah. that I make, but but let, follow me. If healing is provided in the atonement, and it's only required for us to believe, and we're healed, yeah. and the example of the best believers that are perfectly healed their whole life would be these faith teachers, then why do they wear glasses? Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty simple. And my wife's point is, well, they die too. I mean, they are going to die of their whatever sickness they encounter. Um, that's right. So, and they do. Yeah, and, that's and they, yeah. I was talking yeah. to a friend of mine. He, uh, he, uh, pastors a church in Southern California. I was talking to him last week and he, in his, um, in his backyard, uh, um, in, he pastors in Inglewood, uh, and in that area, one of the most famous, um, man, I can't remember his name now. Famous faith teachers, uh, ever is right there in Inglewood, California. And, and I said, yeah, you know, I haven't heard much about him lately. Uh, you know, I haven't heard his name. I haven't. And he says, yeah, you know, when he gets sick, he stays out of the pulpit and his son fills in. And, no, uh, and so, you know, living bad. in that neighborhood, he's very familiar with how things work there. And he's just been laying low because he's been sick. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, that's it. It does. And it's, it's sad. Um, so. Well, you, you've answered my question, and, and the timing is good because my wife and I have been really pressing into God in this season, and good. and we don't and we don't want to get distracted, and we want to stay faithful, and um, but we've got some a new seasons a new a new season of questions, um, so I appreciate you being available. Well, I'm grateful to be here and uh, to provide any kind of help pointing you to the Lord that I can. All righty, sir. Have a good afternoon. Right. Thanks for taking my God call. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. How are we doing on phone calls? we got open lines. 
So give us a call, 303-690-3000. Got a text question here. Hello, can my wife and I please get, get prayer? We've been trying to conceive for just over a year now. Uh, my wife has some uh, medical condition. Also, do you have any advice for couples trying to conceive their first child and it just isn't happening? Well, I don't really have any um, advice. Um, I think that uh, you can use any medical um, option that would not kill a baby. Uh, so you can express that with your doctor, what's available, uh, and keep trying and keep enjoying your marriage. Your marriage, I know that it's a joy to have children and we want to enjoy having children, uh, but you, you are able to enjoy your marriage as it is in the moment. Uh, I think that's probably my, my most important piece of counsel is uh, as you're waiting for God to open the womb, and it is a challenge when we have to wait uh, that you would enjoy your marriage and don't think that you have a substandard marriage because you haven't had children yet. So, Father, I pray for this family. I pray that you would open the womb. I, I can't help but think of Hannah and what great distress she had uh, when she uh, was uh, barren and not able to conceive. And so I pray for this family even despite the medical challenges that you would provide um, and you would help them conceive according to your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Open lines, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We're going to go over to Baltimore. It's been a while since I've taken a call from Baltimore. Jamel, welcome to the program. Praise God. So how are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the program. What's up? Thank you. I just had a. I was just talking to one of your uh, staff members or ministers or anything, and I was just a uh, question about you know, basically letting a uh, possession of something be a sin. The only thing that I'm familiar with with God had you know was against was anyone holding the ark of the covenant at that didn't have possession because you know a lot of times as I was speaking with him I had a young lady just um, talking going through some tribulations about where her in her house her, her house of worship where she wore makeup not to the extreme extent but her leader was against it and you know and she just asked she was seeking for biblical knowledge on makeup and I said there might not be a biblical reference to it but like I was saying to him that there are different rules that are governed in the Bible, and there are also different rules that man governs for the house, you know, and sometimes, you know, people have a hard time understanding how to cope with the obedience of the house when sometimes it's a mandate of man that puts the, puts the rule of on the, up, upon the house and not actually the scripture that is uh, upholding what they're telling. But you know, God gives the men and women, you know, that that responsibility to govern the house. So I tried to tell her, like, even if it's not written in the Bible, the, the disobedience is going to come from you not obeying what the man of God is, is ordering you to do. So she was confused in that, saying, should I find somewhere that, you know, that's not going to make her make her uh, in disobedience because of she, something that's so not me, in the Bible. I'll help you. 
I'll, I'll give you a couple answers. Tell her to find another church and find another house to worship because where she's attending is not teaching her properly. So that's answer number one. And answer number two is the Bible does not prohibit a woman from wearing makeup. Uh, and so if a, if a, uh, I was thinking of Jesus, he was teaching in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, it says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And it sounds like your friend has dropped into a church that they need to, she needs to move on to another one where she can experience the grace and love and mercy of God, a church that teaches the full counsel of, of God. You said that's Matthew's, sorry, that was Matthew's, Matthew's what? 15, Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. So thanks, Jamal. God bless you, brother. Have your friend find another church and have, uh, you know, take her. Take her to a church where I understand that re that respecting of the house, but the God of the house is more to be respected than a man standing in the house, right? That house is nothing but a shell of a building made with concrete and carpet. It only is valuable because the people of God use it to worship. 303-690-3000. Marie in Denver, Colorado, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're My welcome. question is kind of maybe dovetailing on this this other question that you had. I didn't hear all of it, but Okay. I find it I'm uncomfortable going to these churches. I guess you could call them satellite churches where yes. you go into the church and there's a screen. Not yes, a person, uh -huh. but a screen, and and you know it's like, oh, well, this is this is church. I don't understand that concept. It's like going to a movie theater, and I don't consider that church. I just wanted to hear your take on this. Well, personally, I have no problem with going to a church that a teacher's projected on the screen. I can receive the Word of God from a teacher on the screen. I can receive the Word of God in a podcast. I can receive the Word, and I mean literally life change. If if the if the screen is playing movies, you know, R-rated movies or something, then you're right. I wouldn't I wouldn't want I wouldn't want it to. I, it would be full blown movie theater. But I think we have to be careful as we're making those connections. Do you that that we are are consistent? So I have no problem with it personally. Um, because I think it should be set up with a pastoral team there, with a, a, a set of elders and servants that are going to take care of the flock in that community. Um, we did a, we tried it uh, as a church ourselves many years ago, and and it seemed to go very very well. Uh, but at the end, I I felt like we were just it, we were we should just hand it off to the pastor that was there, and now he pastors that group. Uh, but we did that for a while because there were people on the other side of town that wanted to be a part of our our ministry but didn't want to drive across town. Uh, and we might try it again one day, um, but it's okay if you don't like it. Um, that There's nothing wrong with being uncomfortable with that, but there's a whole new generation that all they do is see things on screens and on their phone screens, and believe me, they have no problem with communicating the God, the Word of God through a video screen. Well, I mean, you know, when Jesus sent out his, you know, to 70, and when Moses elected, you know, the deacons, and 
it was because one person couldn't do it all. And I would advocate for the opposite where if, you know, if there is a flock there and there is, you know, a pastoral team there, then why not let them have it? Why not let them run it? it to me, it feels well, there's like a, there's there... a level of arrogance in, you know, wanting to pr- project yourself. I, one of the places I actually went to was like a 3D hologram. Right. Well, I want I don't I I want to be careful in this kind of discussion though to say to project arrogance on on the motives. I don't know the motives of their hearts, so I don't know if it's arrogant or not. Having done it myself, I know that it wasn't arrogance on our part, and we just let it we let it move forward. And the natural progress was a church plant started out of it, which is great, uh, which is wonderful. And you know, I think if you consider that you and I are talking on the on the phone over the radio right now. That God's using technology, um, separated by who knows how many miles, to have a to have a a meaningful conversation. Um, that maybe maybe there are all kinds of sordid motives, but I remember what Paul said in Philippians. Remember, he talked about he looked around and saw how people were preaching the gospel, and not everybody preached the gospel from pure motives. But his his minds and some of them were preaching to hurt him, and his attitude was, hey, as long as the gospel is being preached. Um, and just like Jesus said, they're not they're not our enemies, and because it's not comfortable for you, you won't be in that you won't be in that setting. But I don't think um, I, I think we need more churches, not less. And I think we need more church plants. Um, I personally have no problem with um, a church that wants to do a satellite. Um, I wish them the best, and I pray the best for them because people are going to be there. Life change is going to take place, and of course, I think I have some preferences, like you do in terms of how the pastoral care will be there, you know, how the care of the flock will be there. But it's, you know, satellite campus is kind of like a home fellowship where you want to make sure they're taken care of in a home group, in a life group. And things are changing all around us. And we want to, we personally as a church want to adapt to that. Um, But it's okay if you don't like it. Okay. Thank you for your response. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. So appreciate the conversation and and even in disagreements or even as we see things differently, it's okay. Um, I I think I want to talk a little bit to that. So um, let me me make sure I missed the call screen. Where's my call screen? Uh, I want to make sure. Marie, stay on the line over the break. Uh, because I want to talk a little bit about this culture of disagreement uh, that we're in right now. All of us, you, me, all of us. What's, what social media has done in just elevating our opinions above unity. Uh, instead of saying, okay, you and I have a differing opinion, but we're going to choose to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And Marie, I think you demonstrated that. Uh, I think you are a great demonstration of, hey, you know, Ed, I don't really, you know, you didn't say it, but but I kind of felt it. Like, I don't really see it your way, but there was no argument. Uh, there was no, you you had a view, you have, per, you know, you even had a biblical basis for your view, and you were very uh, kind and respectful. And I think that that is lost today in our culture, the the value of nuance and the value of yeah, I have my reasons for disagreeing, but okay, thank you for your answer. Thank you for, and then let's go back to the gospel. And 
you know, I remember uh, on a side note, uh, I remember the 3D technology. I actually made jokes about it in our church. And, and while I don't think I could do it, I know that um, in a small way, people are in our church, pe- there are moms that are in the nursing mom's room watching. I think they watch through a window. I don't know if we have TVs in there. And then downstairs in our Resurrection Cafe, people are watching on screens. We have an overflow room downstairs in our building when you know you got kiddos and everything uh you could take your kids in there and they're watching on screens um and you know we i I minister to thousands of people every weekend and i'm not able to minister to every single person personally but we have a team of elders and we have a team of pastors we have a team of leaders and i'm even actually preparing a message about this when i go teach at a conference in arizona in a couple weeks about the weeness of ministry. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. I did want to just touch a little bit. Uh, welcome back. If you're just joining us, coming home, getting into the car, uh, you're on the second half. You're listening on Grace FM here in Colorado. It's live. Uh, if you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM or another station around the country, uh, you are listening to this program one week delayed. Uh, that is just the easiest way to deliver it to our stations. However, what that means is, is you can call during the program, talk to someone live, you're your question and answer will be live throughout the Colorado Grace FM radio network, uh, but you'll hear it in your radio station the following week. And we just picked up another station uh, that will is up in the Northeast. Uh, looking forward, uh, we're, we're chasing down all the details of how many radio stations are carrying our program, and we look forward to sharing with you the various places. We never really anticipated uh, Calvary Live being more than just Colorado. So I'm grateful to be a small part of what God's doing all throughout the country now, and of course through live stream around the world. So pretty cool. But I, I was just saying, you know, uh, Marie called earlier from Denver. Uh, she's uncomfortable with uh, video venues, uh, with satellite campuses. And and she gave a, a few reasons and even some biblical uh underpinnings and wanted to know what my opinion was. And my opinion was a little different than hers. And so in some ways we disagreed. Um, But at the same time, I felt like we disagreed agreeably or uh, not, not even, or we disagreed agreeably and to, to the glory of God, because we live in a culture that doesn't want to disagree agreeably anymore. Even believers the division and difficulty that's happening among believers is un, it's just too much. Believers just like score. I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen in our own church people flip out and go and just have this scorched earth policy because something didn't go their way or they disagreed about something or whatever, whatever it might be. And and so if you were listening to the call previously, uh, it it was it was good to listen and it was it's good to have your strong biblical convictions. And it's absolutely okay to not like a video venue. Um, if video venues were super popular, I mean, if they everybody liked them, then there'd be more of them. But there are people, again, with the, with the generations that are behind us, 
there are I, they live on their screens. They literally live on YouTube. Uh, they live on Vimeo and Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram. And so seeing something on a video screen is a real, it's literally a real form of relationship to them. And we, we would, and we would do, we would, what, what's the word I want to use? I mean, we, we would not be pressing in with the gospel if we didn't acknowledge that and use technology to its fullest. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily you have to have a satellite campus, but for the churches that have done that, um, I, I find that if there's a 300, 500 people coming, that, man, that they're ministering to those families, and that's a real worship experience. And And again, thinking back, I didn't think about it while Marie was on the phone, but thinking back, like in our church, literally thousands of people come in and out of the building every weekend, and some of them sit downstairs and watch on screens and never come upstairs. And I definitely, while I get to teach and worship, and you know, I get to worship and enjoy the congregation, I don't literally interact with all of the people coming through. I interact with as many as God would allow me, but because of the pastors and the elders around me, we serve the flock. So it's cool, but I, I just wanted to point out for anyone listening, uh, what a what what a good uh, call that was in relationship to um, just the fact that it's okay if we disagree. It's all right. There's it, there's nothing wrong with that. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand. I think Derek has been waiting in Fort Collins. Derek, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Thank you. You're welcome. What's up? Um, just calling for some prayer. Um, the last month or so, I've been really kind of trying to tighten up my walk with God, and, you know, with that um, becomes more spiritual attack and pressure. Um, and I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling it at work. I'm feeling it in my personal life and and even in my dream, dream life, um, if that yes. makes sense. Uh there's been about three or four nightmares in the last month okay. where I really feel like a demonic presence is literally attacking me in my dreams. Um, I was wondering if you could speak to that a little. Well, I think that the battle rages around us, and the answer to the problems are the same when it's in good times or bad times. And that is, I need to I need to find myself f- having a regular diet in God's Word daily. I need to find myself have a regular conversation with my God through prayer. I need to find myself in regular fellowship with other believers. And I need to find myself sitting at the communion table remembering the broken body of Jesus Christ and the shed blood that was given for the forgiveness of my sins. And that, that's what made the early church strong. That's what made them strong in the good times and in the bad times. I think of the situation you describe, and I'm reminded of the book of Ephesians, where we're given the insight of how we're able to stand. We're able to stand by the power of God and and the application he's given us of what's known as the spiritual armor. Have you ever heard of the spiritual armor before? Are you with us still? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Have you ever heard of the spiritual armor before? Yeah, I have. 
And, and so maybe this is one of the things you can begin to do just in this crisis time is open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, read through those verses every morning when you wake up, and just like you put your clothes on physically, just go ahead and put your, your spiritual clothes on uh, symbolically. You know, you, it says, take up the whole armor of God and gird my waist with truth like you put on a belt and, and put on the breastplate of right and, and put yourself in the mindset of the protective power of God. Because, you know, here's what happens. We get buried by our difficulties. We get overwhelmed yeah. by our circumstances. And it's, that's normal. You're not a bad person because you're under the weight of great difficulty right now. It's normal. But the problem is, is that we, we just kind of settle and we kind of settle in the normal when God wants, in the natural, when God wants to take us to the supernatural. He wants to okay. give you strength. He wants to protect you. He wants to remind you that he's your refuge. His name is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. And I know that just thinking of, thinking of how, and I don't want to minimize it because I've been where you've been, different reasons, but I, I've been in that challenging time. I want to, but I want to simplify it for you. While you've been on the phone talking about the things of God, you've been stronger, and that's yeah. <laughs> true. And and so it's true even if you're not on the phone. It's true when you when man and you go, but but I read my Bible and it didn't work. That's not true because while you were reading the Bible, God had your mind, and you you yeah. want to train. The battlefield is in our mind. And, and here's the problem. We kind of, you know, we, we have this mindset, kind of like the earlier call with the question about, you know, my wife isn't healed. Is it because I don't have enough faith? We live in this culture like take a pill and the headache will go away. Read a scripture and the problem will go away. But God's not, God's not, his relationship with us is not like that. He's helping us along the way. He's walking with us. He's encouraging us. He's helping us. And he's redeeming buying back all of these difficulties, using them all to make you a better man. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, and when I, you know, feel the pressure, you know, I think the only thing that gives me solace is to, to admit my own weakness and dependence. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's where the Holy Spirit, God wants me to be. Um, it's yes. just, you know, it's hard with our, you know, we're so prone to being prideful and arrogant in our own understanding. Yes. Yeah, well, I know it's it's hard. It's it's difficult, and you know these. Uh, I I I like to refer to these times like seasons. You know, and the good news about living in Colorado is we have very distinct seasons, and they come and go, and for that we're grateful. Yeah. Well, thank you. So, um, can you pray for me? I can. Let's do that. Thank you. Father, I pray for my, my brother who's under great stress and duress right now. I pray for you to... I lift him up to you, God. Um, I pray that you would... I think of another guy up in Fort Collins that's been emailing me and very much in great distress, too. And so I pray, God, that you would strengthen Derek, that you would protect him from the spiritual attacks. And I just remember the... I remember the um, the scripture that says that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so we live in the strength that you give to us. So thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you. All right, man. Stay in touch. Let me know how it goes. Have a great day. All right, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. It reminds me, too, to pray for my friend Dave Pierce, uh, who pastors in Fort Collins at the Calvary Chapel there. Um, he is a great resource. He and his ministry team is a great resource and a fantastic church up in the Fort Collins area, trustworthy fellowship where you'll receive not only um, you know caring, loving, pastoral care, but the proclamation of the Word of God verse by verse, anointed. Uh, D- Dave Pierce is an anointed man of God and a good friend of mine. So Calvary Chapel, Fort Collins. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Robert uh, in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Robert, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Um, I, I have a question that, you know, I listen to a lot of what you say. I listen to your tweets. Well, as you say, I read your tweets. Yes. Um, to avoid being the very Pharisees that we all like to act like we don't like, but to stand on, like, the solids and, you know, doctrine of the Trinity, um, sure. Christ maintaining his physically resurrected body, um, things of this nature, where, in showing love and understanding, and like you were talking about, you and the lady slightly disagreed on things you believe, but where, where do you, where do we stand on all that? Because I've heard a lot about that's people good. saying that Christ is only a spirit. He doesn't uh, maintain his physical, physically resurrected body. And I've, I've heard that that's super important to doctrine, and, you know, I, that gets thrown both ways. I just want to be found doing what God told us to do, and that is to love people. But yeah. are there lines that need to be drawn in this? Well, there definitely are lines to need, need to be drawn. It's a great question that you bring up in, in light of that previous conversation, because the essentials of the doctrine, the essential doctrines that and teachings that Jesus has laid down for us, that God has given to us in, in his word, are non-negotiable. Uh, they're, they're non-negotiable. They can't be edited or changed by us. And so to take a stand, be, remember, uh, we can be loving, but we also need to speak the truth in love, but we need to speak the truth. And so both of them are needed. Uh, and and so we take a stand for what we believe the Bible teaches. We take a biblical stand. I think that the previous conversation was more of an opinion stand on a secondary matter that is okay to disagree on, and especially as believers. But if you say you're a believer, so we'll launch off from that to this conversation. If you if a person says they're a believer, and they say, "Well, I don't believe uh, in the dark. I don't believe Jesus is the Son of God." I don't believe he's God. Well, then you can't be a believer. That that you're denying, you're calling Jesus Christ himself a liar. In order to be a saved person, you need to believe that God is first who he said he is. Uh, and so so the, the reality of taking a stand for sound doctrine is not eliminated with also a heart to agree or to disagree agreeably. Um, and even then, if I'm sharing the gospel and I'm I'm ministering maybe to an unbeliever or to a, a person that is, um, you know, a person that maybe is says he's a believer, uh, but it has a a, um, a a doctrine that's weird. Uh, I still want to maintain a relationship with them, even if they disagree, uh, because I don't know what God's doing in their life, 
And I don't know. Remember, the Pharisees were hypocrites. And so when, right. when we start using the word Pharisee, like I tweeted out today, when we start using the word Pharisee, uh, the, the idea of the Pharisees is that everyone was wrong and we're only right. And mm-hmm. not only that, but they, uh, from the lips of Jesus, they were like whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. They were um, elevating the teachings of man over the teachings of God. Uh, on and on they were doing. So that's a level of, you know, that that's a level of hypocrisy that that many people don't ascribe to, you know, don't, don't ever get. Um, but sometimes people do. So we need to, number one, take a stand for the truth. But number two, remember, do we want them, do we want to make a point with people or do we want them to take our point? And we can't ever forget we're dealing with people, not robots, machines, and we're, we're wanting to convince them. Remember, even Jesus, I mean, excuse me, even God the Father says in Isaiah, come and let us reason together. God is a reasonable God, and he's willing to take somebody when their doubts and misunderstandings and wacky beliefs, he's willing to talk to them and reason with them, but obviously God doesn't doesn't waver from the truth, and neither should you and I. Wise as usual, Pastor. Thank you very much for taking my call, and you have a good day. God bless you all over there, okay? You're welcome. How are you listening to the show? Um, actually, I follow you on Twitter. I was reading that very tweet you spoke of here not yes. long ago when I checked my Twitter. So I follow you on Twitter, and I'm oh, listening right on. to you on that link you left. That uh, Is this Robert program. Neal? This yeah. is Robert Neal. Ah, yes, sir. nice to meet you on the radio, Robert. Yeah, you know, like I told you a long time ago, you were one person that God used that was instrumental in bringing me to Christ, and I've been listening to you since then. So man, keep up what the an good honor. work, man. God's using you Thanks, guys man. Uh, a lot. All right, brother. God bless you. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I'm telling you, the power of social media, it can be really, really amazing. So cool. Okay, so here's my producer sent me something. Let me see if I can figure this out. It says, the 11 seasons of Midwestern states. Winter, full spring, second winter, Spring of deception, <laughs> third winter, mud season, actual spring, summer, false fall, second summer, actual fall. You've got to understand Kevin and his sense of humor for that, but that is pretty funny. 303-690-3000. Let's go back to Denver, Colorado. Tia is on the line. Tia, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much You're for welcome. taking my call. Um, what can I do for my you? Question, my question is, okay, prophecy. When someone yes. is prophesying over you and they're saying, you know, oh, you know, the Lord's going to show you, you know, miracle signs and wonders, and, you know, this is just a season you're going through, and, you know, it's going to get better, you know, you got great things coming your way, and this, that, and the other, and then you get cancer. So my thing is, or my question is, how exactly does that work? Because it just seems like, you know, I don't know if those are just like words of encouragement or they were supposed to be meant as words for encouragement or exactly how does, when someone is prophesying of you, how does that work? Well, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to that woman that they were trying to encourage you or or man, whoever was doing it. 
um, that were they were trying to encourage you, uh, that they were wanting to help you. But my my gut is is that they've been taught in a way, in an incorrect way, and not not given the explanation of what true prophecy is. Because if they were truly prophesying over you in in the speaking forth the word of God over your life, and and a, and and, a, and not necessarily you, but someone that says. Uh, you're going to be healthy and everything's going to be great and and then you and and you won't get cancer or something along those lines and you get cancer then that person is a false prophet and and they're not speaking forth the word of god um so i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt but there is a false teaching of kind of a an environment of churches that that believe that there's power in your words and that if you just speak powerful words over someone you know, Joel Olstein is the biggest proponent of this. He's the most popular proponent of the health and wealth and faith doctrine that is really not solid doctrine at all, that somebody would pray over you and, and release all these things into your life, and then you go to the doctor and receive a bad diagnosis. Then they're really not speaking forth for God. They're not prophesying for God. They're just speaking mumbo-jumbo that they really should be careful with their words because they can give false hope. And they can give hope in your words instead of the God of your words. And, and so I, I have a feeling that you've, you're either in a church or you're around people that don't understand the gift of prophecy. Um, well, yes, I, I do go to church. And, you know, it was more like, you know, I don't know if it was meant to say, okay, you know, you're healed or, you know, anything like that. I think it was maybe, I don't know if that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if it was just from, you know, from just someone trying to encourage you or to, you know, to kind of help you along to say, okay, you know, these are just words of encouragement to kind of help you face your, you know, everyday life battles or whatever that you, that you go through. And so, well, when you, um, I would say this yeah. though: when 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 somebody inserts the word prophecy, that has that's a real word with a real biblical meaning to it. And so, when someone says they're prophesying over you or to you, then from a biblical understanding, they're saying that they're speaking forth God's word into your life. And if somebody's speaking on behalf of God, they'll never be wrong, because God is always right. And so they've obviously, the, the way you describe the scenario, the person has been taught incorrectly because they could come and just pray for you and encourage you because there is a sense of exhortation and encouragement from the Lord. But this whole idea I'm prophesying over you um, has meaning and it, has, and, and it just makes me angry uh, to hear how someone will come in a time of deep, deep grief and you're in a vulnerable place and, and there's just, oh, we're going to prophesy over you and it doesn't come to pass. Because they're not really speaking for for God, and we have to make that distinction. Okay. Is so, this about uh, you? Is this your your personal situation? Uh yes, it is. Well, first um, of all, let me I let me say. Actually, I'm... just um, well, you know, I've 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 talked to you, you know, a couple times on you know the radio. Yes, and um, you know, you said you know God, and, and I don't think you were prophesying or anything like that. You just, right. you know, from what I'm hearing, God, you know, God says there's good things coming your way. Yes, and you know, I've kind of 
just kind of, I guess I, I put a lot of hope, too, into that, well, you know, maybe because I'm going through so much that God would then, you know, strengthen me and then help me get through, you know, the difficult times that I've been having okay. in my life. And so instead of it even getting better, you know, it has gotten like 10 times worse. And so yeah. I'm like, well, God, you know, right now I don't even know what to do. I don't know, like, like I feel like right now, like everything is just completely lost. Like I've lost a lot of hope and faith in yes. So, and I'm asking him, you know, how do I just, you know, stand to even try to get, you know, all of this back because I've, I've been so devastated. And so. Well, I'm sorry that you received this diagnosis. It's a very scary word. It's a very scary disease. And it's on top of other things that, that you've been battling. And, and as much, as hard as it is, um, it's it's hard as it is to conceive this. You know, God is in the midst of your pain, and He's in the midst of your life, and and your life is being reduced down to the bare minimum. He's bringing you to a place of appreciation for life, and while your hope was once a high level of hope when things are going well, now through the circumstances, your hope is being uh, you know readjusted to where it's just you and God. And, you know, it wasn't too long ago, it wasn't cancer for me, but it was the death of my son and the resulting drama surrounding the death of my son that got me to a really bad, discouraging place. And it wasn't an easy thing to endure. It's still not an easy thing to endure. But now I'm looking back almost seven years ago. I can't believe it's been seven years. Um, you know, that God has brought a healing to my heart. Now, I'm always going to limp, and I'm always going to have a broken heart, but I look back and I see how God was using some of those things. I still don't understand. I still don't like some of the difficulties that are associated with my son's death. I still don't like the drama, the, the, the just bad stuff that I don't have any control over. But what I do have control over is how I respond to it. And, and I've learned, and I'm learning and God is teaching you day by day to learn, and you're learning how to surrender your life moment by moment, abiding in Him. And one of the things I'd encourage you, Tia, to be involved in right away is with people that have walked this cancer path before you so that you can gain insight from believers that, and even unbelievers to some degree with the disease part of it, but with believers specifically that I think of the sister in our church, Carla, um, I think of my own assistant, Cassandra, uh, that, and many others. I think of Rita, one of our teachers in the school that have faced um, these challenges with cancer and, and have become and have overcome and become victorious. And that, that's not just a word from the Lord. That is truth that there are many people that have become uh, thrivers and survivors over great challenges. So can I pray for you? Because we're almost done with the show. Yes, thank you. Father, I pray for my sister Tia and this diagnosis and just the, you know, the scariness of it and uh, hearing all the doctors and tests and treatments. But I lift her up to you, God, that as, as you are drawing near to her, well, really, as she's drawing near to you, 
you're drawing near to her. And so I pray that you would strengthen her for today, that you would give her, I think the Bible says, strength for today and hope for tomorrow, and that you would pour out uh, your spirit in an, in an abundant way, and that you would protect her from well-meaning people perhaps, but they're just not representing truth to her. And remove those people from her life and replace them with people that will bring true hope and a true representation of you and your love in her life, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay, Tia. Stay strong in the Lord. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number for tomorrow. Uh, So please tune in tomorrow, Lord willing. Uh, A wide range of the show today. It's one of the reasons I love uh, and I carve out the time to do this show, and so do the other pastors. It's no small thing to rearrange your day uh, around a specific hour where you have a standing appointment. But God is so faithful and so wonderful. And so thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for calling, texting. I know I didn't get to all the text. And especially thank you guys that are giving and supporting this station. Uh, It's needed now more than ever before um, with just everything that's needed for keep a station on the air. Please do consider supporting Grace FM. Go to gracefm.com. You can set up giving, recurring giving there. If you're listening to this program on another station, please support local radio and support the station that you're listening to this on, please. Okay? Thank you, guys. You want more information? Go to edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org, or you can go to our church, calvaryco.church. Love you guys. God bless you. Have a great night. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.